Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to season two, episode <laughs> sixteen. Whoa, Rinkamoose Hockey Podcast and a Dallas Stars episodic podcast no. where two good friends gather <clears throat> around and talk all things Dallas Stars and their no. chances of winning the Stanley Cup. <laughs> I I am one of your hosts, Nick Costu, <laughs> along with, as usual, Kyle Nice, and special guest host for the first time in forever, Andrew Bell, A-Bell 27. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm sorry, I'm messing up your intro, go ahead. What an entrance. No, it's a great entrance. We've never had such great. an entrance from any sound Sound effects, we need more of it. Yeah. Like that that is unbelievable. <laughs> I wish I could we we should get that on our program, Kyle. Like what whatever that is, that's amazing. It's your program. We need a soundboard. Yeah, so. We I need a soundboard, so. yeah. But anyways, like I said from the top, th- this is now a Dallas Stars podcast where we No, just it is not. The Dallas Stars. You want to keep and me on, right? I I I I literally do not even want to acknowledge any other teams today. Okay? I can I can I can vibe with that. I'm I'm cool with that. I especially don't want to acknowledge Tampa Bay, and I can't wait to see what John Cooper's embarrassing mess of a victory looked like. Yeah, but but no, just to spare the, to spare us of jokes. This is this is the Rink Moose Hockey Podcast. We of course have invited Andrew Bell onto the show because he is the native Maple Leaf expert. He <laughs> is. We've He's been, very native. We've been waiting two years to have him. He's our native ma- maple leaf expert, and uh, he's he's got a lot of opinions. So we just wanted to pick his brain apart before we get into, of course, the Stanley Cup final and previewing that as to uh, what this man thinks of, of Wait, the playoffs, the Leafs, and and yeah, what's that? Before you jump in, I have to I have to get this off the table. We've had Andrew Bell on for a Rink Moose episode. Yes. Yes, but it's yeah. the only episode in history that got absolutely botched. Like it was the no. biggest technical disaster of Rink Moose history, and and Andrew never made it to air, which is sad to be on belief. <laughs> but there it is, right? Sounds like they knew it was best for them, and they had to erase <laughs> one of the files. And, and, and speaking on that, we are now trying, just like that last time, an entirely new format of recording. You'll notice you see our faces and you see some pretty, uh, pretty sexy backgrounds. And, uh, and we're going to be on YouTube in, in a, in a, a very Zoom call kind of style format. And of course the audio is going to be as usual, but it's, it's a, it's a different look for Rinkmos. No, I, I, I think our audio expert, Dante Del Figo, is really going to like that you inserted him into your background. I, I think that's fantastic. <laughs> that's great. Which one? That is I know. Straight, that, that is, that is straight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that is that is straight out of an ASHL like game this past summer, Kyle. I don't know how you got that shot. I don't know who took that, but that that's great. Dell took it from the stands. It's it looks like it. I mean that that's fantastic. It, it's one of Dante's classic back checks that he always right. does. Of course, <laughs> of course, always. Okay. Always, 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 always. The dedication meter is off the charts. But if right, it's always, guy. always, boys, does that mean he, he, he needs to get into a position where he's got a back check? Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, it's, you know why, Andrews? Because he's jumping in on the offense because he's the offensive spark plug. There you go. I love that guy. I miss him. I know. 
hey, you know what, Andrew? You shouldn't miss them too much because we were trying to set up a like a men's league thing for the fall, yeah. and, and and Dante refused to join. Oh, he's too good for you boys. It's okay. Yes, exactly, because he thought we'd he thought we'd lose. That's why. That's why he refused yeah. to pipe up his his mortgage money to join our hockey team. Money. <laughs> I can't believe this guy. Come on, man. He doesn't. So hey, now, he doesn't now, now we basically we need to prove him wrong and basically win every game. So there you yeah. Go. Oh, the motivation is through the roof through the to roof. win every game. Through the roof. Through the roof. Ready every night. Yes. Yeah. Um. But yeah, enough of us and our amateur hockey. And, uh, to the, to the pros. So, uh, I mean, it's been a while. It happened about a month ago where the Maple Leafs were knocked out in a dramatic game five against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, you know, we, we have a lot of fans in Ontario, a lot of listeners in Ontario. I think everyone would want to hear, Andrew, what were your reactions that night? Because you were having a lot of back and forth with Kyle on Facebook. The two of you were getting into an angry shouting match. And, <laughs> no, uh, we weren't. El- elaborate on that, please. Well, I have to say, sometimes Kyle is dead wrong about things, and uh, <laughs> I would say that any time where he says that uh, the Leafs will never have a shot, or that they're doing just fine, or that you know that I think he's just wrong. Uh, but but he wasn't wrong this time because I think that I have to agree with him. He. Uh, Get the nail on the head. There needs there needs to be big changes made. <clears throat> the 2020 Maple Leafs are a bunch of little boys who are not <laughs> cut out for the league. Okay, <laughs> you know they're the highest paid. They're the highest paid team in the league. Little they boys. Have, they, they probably have the biggest following of any team in the league. Right. And yes. Away for 50 years. Uh, again, everybody, this is just my opinion. I have a professional life outside of this, so. <laughs> <laughs> We're adding dramatic effect. No one's listening, Andrew. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what, you know, so you want, if you want my, my blurb, uh, we start with the Leafs versus Columbus series, right? So, yes, it was a close series. Yes, we saw some skill. We saw some big, big offensive er- uh, efforts. But they failed yet again to make it to the playoffs. Let a let alone oh. pass round one. Okay, okay, guys. So, but do you know what this means? In fact, this is the fourteenth season in a row that they failed to pass year like round one. So, oh, I, that's, I love that. In sixteen years, the Toronto Maple Leafs have not made it past the first round of the playoffs. <clears throat> like you got to be trying to do that, or there must be something totally wrong. I yeah. have an analysis. I don't know if you want my analysis yet. My well, course, before, go ahead. Well, hold on. Before you jump in there, I think the one, my favorite saying that I said to you that night, which was, I think, the night before the last game. Okay. I said, this this series is like the kid who has been playing on the pond all his life every night to get better versus the kid who has private hockey lessons for Three hundred dollars an hour. I think you were mentioning something to the effect that they we just watching them on TV made it look like the guys on the lease were just waiting to go home to their cottage and enjoy their salary. Like yes. they they weren't in it. The skin yes. wasn't in the game. 
The skin like wasn't that. in it. Yeah, we disagreed earlier in that convo, but I think we ultimately agreed. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. So, I saw three things in that series that should <clears throat> signal a massive red flag for Leaf fans. And I mean a big red flag that should make you concerned to go to bed every night knowing that a change hasn't been made yet. Okay? Number yes. one, I saw fear. Oh. I saw fear out there. Number two, I saw no defense. Mm. And number three, the Columbus Blue Jackets were one unit. <clears throat> okay, one. Where's the lead? Singular. The Leafs had one unit per player on that team. Yes. They were a scrambled bunch of eggs. So. Oh. Let's go back to the first one, fear. These guys fought their entire careers, as you <clears> said, to make it to this legendary league. Why do they fail to have bravery? They always shied away. The Columbus Blue Jackets, they're not the biggest and scariest team in the league, but they're, they're doing things that I used to see with house leaguers where they, 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 they scuttle up and they, oh, and like reach out. With <laughs> Pay too much money to do that. I'm sorry. Your arm is expendable. Break it if you need to to get the puck, right? No. Mm. Don't see that. We don't see that. That's that's the difference you're pointing out. Also on the defense, we lost Jake Muzzin, okay? That was unfortunate, but it revealed that Morgan Riley was the only proficient D soldier left. Unfortunately. <laughs> yes. Then I said that Columbus was one unit. This is compared to like a whole bunch of Leafs running around with their heads cut off. Too, it's too early to judge Sheldon Keith because we just got him like halfway through this season, but we can judge the lack of grizzled veterans on this team. We don't have enough of that, and I really miss Patrick Marlowe. He was a cheap, old, old, wise old soul <laughs> who deserved to still be there. Okay, man, you could Stop. do so much better. You could do so much better than Patrick Marlowe. What about oh, like Matt think- Martin? What about Matt Martin? I'd rather have Matt Martin than Patrick Marlowe. That guy, no. Patrick Marlowe has heart. Matt Martin was a goof. Patrick Marlowe wasn't even good enough to play for Pittsburgh. He traded him to Pittsburgh and he couldn't even play. He played in Pittsburgh. Who are the core of the Leafs? Two guys. Matthews. Please tell me. It's Matthews and Mitch Martin. It's always. And Riley. Well, sure, but like he's the third guy. You got it. Unfortunately, defensemen <clears throat> don't take the spotlight like like goalies don't take the spotlight. Your two yeah. core players of the Leafs are Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, and Patty Marlowe inspired those guys and held them together as a unit. Mm. And he kept them honest. Bath every intermission, every second intermission, and he'd go out there with his rusty old bones, but he would bring the group together oh. with grizzled grizzled wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yes. So then this brings me to the question, how do they change this? Okay? How do the Leafs yes. change where they are? It starts with some recent history lessons, okay? I don't really know like I I'm, I don't know, I'm not an expert on the details, but I know that the Leafs they you know, they were a terrible team for like in t- my entire childhood. I think we lost Nick. We're just going to wait a minute. No, See? I just no no, I, I can hear you. I'm just getting He's getting his dongle back. He's being a bitch. Go on. Okay. The Leafs bring on Brendan Shanahan and Lou Lamorello. Okay, that's a really tur- a good turning point, I'd say, in their in their history. We get the yes. Shanna plan, right? You know, the, the coveted, sh- the, the amazing Shanna plan. And we get yes. Mark Babcock, right? So, number one, they yeah. instantly got tons of experience and authority. 
right? Yes. They have experience. They have authority leading them, even though they still have like nothing to say for it in the in the in the team. I mean, yeah, they drafted uh, Nylander, but and then the Leafs draft Matthews and Marner. Okay, number two, these these are our core. It's like the Taves and Kane. That's what Lamorello wanted. Yes. Recognize Marner and Matthews as the Taves and Kane of the future successful Maple Leafs that may be the ones that break the curse and get their yes. first cup in forever. Okay? But then we have a major disruptor. And this may not be very popular <clears> with you. <throat> but the major disruptor was the signing of John Tavares. Oh! Okay. okay. I, like, I like the guy. Okay? But you know what he does? He says, I want to come home to my mom and I'm going to make oh. a and I'm going to make $11 million a year. Okay? Whoa. He disrupted the plan. I like him very much, but he came on and <laughs> says, I deserve $11 million, an unprecedented amount of money, because there's a lot of media on me. And then what that does is it instantly accelerated the timeline and added pressure to a lease team that wasn't, wasn't even really into phase one of the Shanna plan yet. They were maybe in, maybe in phase one, but they weren't doing so great. They were not poised to have an $11 million guy that wasn't even in their core. Now they have to sign the next two. And so this is a bad influence. You know, these days, you guys have noticed there's a trend of young players who come in and they think they, they can expect a lot of salary without having earned it. Back in the day when we were kids, you had to take your team to round three or beyond or win a cup before you could earn some big bucks. And now yes. these young little whippersnappers are coming in and they're saying, give me all the money in the world and let me bury my team in the process. So now we got Matthews, Nylander, and Marner making too much without being proven yet. And even though I believe in Marner and Matthews more than anybody else. So that's, that's my thesis. And we still need defense. They don't have it. So what do they do? They got rid of Lou and Mike. <laughs> they oh. got rid of Lou and Mike Babcock, right? They get rid of their old, authoritative experience. They get rid of their accountability and they bring in young Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keith. Now the Leafs are the, the Toronto Marlies without a defense <laughs> core. Okay? Still need defense. And remember, I said that they lack bravery and they lack defensive strength. But yeah. 2020 <laughs> comes around and they lose the 14th season in a row before the round one goes, like, they can't get past round one. But the good news is that the Toronto Maple Leafs, for some reason, still have a loyal following, okay? And because of that, that means they have lots of money. They can charge the most for seats. They can charge the most for merch and sell the most. And so that means when, when we have COVID-19 disrupting an entire season and telling people that it's for sure that the salary cap's not going to increase for many years into the future, all these other teams that are relying on ticket sales only pretty much are scrambling to think that they could actually even have enough money to make their payments to their players. So that, so now there's going to be an unprecedented amount of big names that are coming available on online. And, 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 and there's going to be big trades that you're not expecting. There's going to be big free agencies that you're not going to be expecting. People that are coming due that you normally would think would get re-signed. So I think the Leafs have a big opportunity to make some, some trades. And I have some ideas on what they need to change, but I'll give you an opportunity to chime in if you have any thoughts before I say so. Nick? <clears throat> I just was not expecting him to roast this team that much. <laughs> I know. I'm it's just, like, I'm wow. Applause. 
right now. You know what, boys? I'm tired of it. I'm sick and tired. I was a little boy, couldn't speak or do very much when I fell in love with this team. Now I'm more than a quarter century years old, and I haven't seen anything amazing yet. So, Andrew, I, I want to ask you a quick question before we move on, just because I'm curious. There's no right or wrong answer. It's just your answer. Uh, that might be the right answer. <laughs> if you were to describe a team stylistically, like that would be your favorite team. Doesn't matter where they're from. Doesn't matter the city. Doesn't matter the player personnel. Like, what would you just say is your favorite kind of style of play? Or, in in turn, with that a style you think would win? Okay, it's pretty clear. Uh, it doesn't necessarily give the most exciting style based on what we've seen. It's based on what we've seen, right? Like you, hindsight is twenty twenty. We see mostly people try to copy what the most recent cup winners have done, right? Um, yeah. The style that wins today, unfortunately, is bigger, like teams that are stronger on, on defense first and foremost. The Columbus Blue Jackets are not the most exciting offensive team you've ever seen, but they beat the Leafs, who on paper are scary as hell, because they can shut everybody down if they're in the red line or their blue line. Like they they don't get past the neutral zone, or if they do, like yeah, there's some offensive efforts, but they've got brick walls in their defense. The forwards play defense. Everybody plays as a unit, and then the goalie is just a shutdown goalie. Um, that's what wins today. And also, they've got grizzled bite. I'm not talking about the Blue Jackets, but I'm talking about the ideal ideal team. Kyle Clifford was the best addition to the Leafs in the last year. <clears throat> and now he's got That one hit that he performed in that series blew me away and yeah. changed the whole complexion. So I'm For a while. For a while. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have a, a, another analysis on how I think they need to change, and Kyle yeah. Clifford's of the world are the next, uh, in my opinion, a big part of it. Um, right. So I don't know if you want me to keep going, but uh, what I did think, you what did what did you think of the uh, your good your your boy Captain getting traded? I know you got a soft spot for for Captain. You know what I liked? I liked that he was fast, and I thought he was he had a lot more left in him. But you know what? He's scaredy cat like everybody else. He's no Zach Hyman. You know? He won't go in there and break his neck for the puck to get to his, to his buddy so he can get a chance. He'll, he'll kind of go up and like, oh, I'm going to buzz around like a bee and I won't actually sting you. You know? I think he's got a lot left in him. I think the Penguins are actually going to get a lot of value. And I think I'll eat those very words in a couple years. But right now, the Leafs are paying way too much money for their top three or four guys. You know, they have 40, 41 million in their top four center, or their top four um, forwards. So I think that's a huge problem. Um, essentially, what I think they need to change, well, first of all, I think they need to keep their core. In my opinion, their core consists of just Marner and Matthews. See, and that, that's where I, I gotta get in there, Andrew, because we had my, the, another Maple Leaf expert of ours, Joe, a friend of mine here at Queens, and, and he was listing his untouchables on the Leafs. And his untouchables were Matthews, Tavares, Riley, Hyman, and Muzzin. Those were his five untouchables, and Kyle and I both agreed with him. Yeah, I, I'd say out of your list, 
Okay, I'd say, um, you know, I, I'm mentioning the most paid ones because I'm, I'm talking about impact as well, right, in terms of your salary, that like really solving the problems. Hyman, yeah, he's an untouchable, but like he, he doesn't get paid a whole lot. That's great, right? He's he's just like a, he's a canary in the coal mine, right? So, oh, my God. Sure, I'd say, I'd say, I'd say Hyman is a keeper too, uh, but that's a simple one. Riley's a keeper, obviously. I would, I would actually vouch for paying for Riley after his contract comes up. Uh, Tavares, no. Ooh, but so you can't even though he's the captain and, and the hometown boy. Sure, you know what? Like, yeah, no. They signed, they signed him to too expensive a deal. No one, no one's going to take that money. You can't even get rid of him if you wanted. Especially to. at well, his that age. That doesn't mean it's right. So, so you're right. I agree with you. He's too expensive, but he's not somebody that would be. Like, if you're trying to build the, a Stanley Cup winning team, he's got the heart and character or whatever. But, like, for $11 million, like, look mm. at Braden Point. Oh. They, they need people like that. They need magic makers out there. They need cheaper people that can make magic happen. Anytime Braden Point is on the ice, everybody around him is like, I got to do better, or, or this guy yeah. is good. I'm going to let him down, you know? Yeah. So doesn't have that effect. No, Marner has that effect, and I think Matt. Uh, he had a he had a brutal playoff though, Andrew. Oh, it's not I the first him. brutal playoff he's had. He's a you he's a guy who he performs in the regular season, and then the playoffs he falls asleep for some reason. You no, know, you know I, I think that's because Marner's team is not the <clears> right <throat> team. Marner needs a good team. He needs to look around and think like, here's a grizzled Patty Marlowe who's going to give me some good inspiration on and off the ice. They don't have to be pets. If if he's a if he's a wonderful player, then he shouldn't need a Patty Marlowe, you know. That's fair. Plus, uh, you know what? I I don't have anything against Marner's effort level. I thought he he put in a really good effort. Like I saw him trying really hard, and like I didn't question that whatsoever. But I mean, for the money, like that, I needed more from him. I I liked I liked Tavares. I didn't love Tavares, but I liked what he put forward. And I really, I really was impressed with Matthews. And coming from me, this is a lot for me to admit. I like, I thought Matthews was a scary, scary guy every time he had the puck. And so I thought he lived up to his pay grade, but almost no one else did. So almost no one else. I don't disagree with you. I'd say that living up to the pay grade from my thesis is that that's not something that's going to happen unless you make the changes I think is going to happen. So I yeah. I wouldn't advocate for getting rid of John Tavares <clears throat> unless you're going to make the changes that I think I I think I should see in the team. Okay. I'm poised. I'm hyped. You want to hear them? Yes, and we'll and we'll all we'll all chime in on what we think we should what should be done. Right? Uh, we'll probably all agree for the most part, but go ahead. Okay. Here's what I think. As remember what I said, they lack defense. They <clears throat> lack bravery. And they lack defense, okay? Yes. So you keep this core, Marners and Matthew, for offensive core. I, I should I should specify offensive core. Riley, okay. of course you keep him. You pay yep. him if you need to. Muzzin, sure. yeah, that he's like a fourth best defenseman, in my opinion, for a Stanley Cup winning team. You Third, need a Muzzin. You need a Muzzin. I like him. Muzzin. Yeah, and he's got gr- grit as well, sure. Yeah. But I just mean... So what you do is you keep those guys. You keep the, the Hymans. Get rid of the fluff. Pat, Kapanen, check. Yes, thank Johnson, God. Thank Johnson, God. 
Janssen at three and a half million. I'm sorry. With your forty-one million dollar top four, goodbye. Kerfoot, goodbye. Nylander, seven million. Goodbye. And wow. Frederick Anderson, goodbye. Ooh. So that that's that's one one I want to dive into once Freddy, you're done. Once Freddy's you're done. A great guy, but he's like thirty. He's got one year left, and he's making five. He's going to be asking more than five next yes. year. Yes. And he can't perform in the playoffs. And unfortunately, you can't you can't put no blame on the goalie, right? Um, your two Columbus guys stood up and stood on the oh, in, in two the no names. Hypothetical, and, yeah, they're no names compared to him. Examples of Freddie. I, I, sometimes he's not a bad. You're, you're just you, he can't be like. Sometimes you have a situation where he's not a bad goalie, but you just got to move on and start fresh because maybe he's yeah. just punted where he is. So I think Freddie is a is a is a permanent like he's a Hall of Famer, but he's not the Hall of Famer we need right now. We need the guy who's young. We I would prefer if we traded for a cheaper Matt Murray on the Leafs. Oh Whoa Yes. I somebody love that. Who's, somebody who's who's young, somebody who's had a recent slump and who you could get for cheap right now <clears throat> and somebody who has been there, has been has he has two Stanley Cups and he's still yeah. much younger than Freddie? I'm ready to scrap a lot of the team, and I think that so they need to fill up cap space. They need to go after people like Petrangelo on defense, they mm. need, and they need three Kyle Cliffords, and they need one guy who's like Braden Point. <clears throat> they need a magic maker on forward. They need somebody like that to play with Matthews or another line to get that one really going. But I don't see magic in Kerfoot. I don't see, I mean, okay, Janssen wasn't in this round. But, like, he's too expensive for somebody who might do something. They got rid of Kappen and great. You know? That's, that's you know, my opinion. You know, you know what the problem is? Is that on, on the third line, we have, like, a Kapanen or a Janssen. And, and a Tampa Bay has a Sorelli. Like a, a, an Anthony Sorelli who just got the game-winning overtime goal. He does everything. He'll do anything you want him. He's a blazing fast uh, player. Play on your third line, second line, first line. Good you know who I, you know I think is even better, like a better version of Sorelli? Yanni Wait. Gord. No, yeah. he's not. They need, I'd, 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 no, they need, the, they need a Yanni Gord. Can I tell you who could Any, be one of those guys? Who? Nick Robertson. Oh, come on, man. He's he fucking pretty- five foot eight. I don't care how how tall he is. You think but I'm feisty? No, I know, but like, but you, but you I'm said you need six. the toughness. They need the toughness, though. I think Nick Robertson is is an excellent <clears throat> prospect for the Leafs. He'll be cheap for file, and he'll fit exactly into the into the salary situation they have right now. And well, I, well, well, Andrew, that's what they're forced to do because because of the high salary they're paying to Matthews and Marner and Tavares. They have no choice but to inject lines three and four with guys only making seven hundred thousand. Right. So, you, so, so this speaks back to you got to get rid of Neiland. Yeah. Well, well, I'd, I'd stop you there. I, I agree. I, I agree. First, first priority is the guys who are just making three point five million who are mm. expendable. Kerfoot, Johnson, and Kerfoot. You can easily get guys <clears throat> to fill their positions through the draft. For example, Kyle and I have highlighted a young man by the name of Dylan Holloway. 
he is going to go in that 15 to 20 range. So if they can get their hands on him, then that's another guy who will be NHL ready and will only be $700,000. Oh, he's going to be under. 15 to 20 in the first round? Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, the the Leafs are picking, they have Pittsburgh's pick, which is like 16th, right? Yeah. Uh, 15. They're 15. 15, exactly. So they're going to get a, like, like Andrew, Kyle and I have been reading up on this draft a lot. They're getting a really good player. I thought so. So I have, I have a question for you and I have a comment which turns into a question for you. Uh, first, first question is, if Freddie Anderson is coming due in a year, he's got, he's got five million right now and he's at least proven he's maybe worth maybe even a little bit more than five million. Don't you think they're going to move him? Um. At, at yes. Least entertain the possibility. If Honestly, yes. If I, I, it's, I, it's, it sounds like they are. All the reporters, <clears throat> all the insiders are saying they are actively shopping him. So, what? if he's being actively shopped, and do you, do you think Jack Campbell's not your future Hall of Famer goalie? No. no he's he's a guy who'll give you twenty-five to thirty quality games every year. Right. So he's a backup. He's a good backup. I think the Leafs are shopping for a starter. And I think you either do that by sucking it up for a year and drafting a goalie, or you ship, mm. or you, right, which is maybe not, but, but you ship your draft pick that you just acquired. It's a trade bait. I don't think they're holding on to it. You know what? Oh, you just brought it up and I, I, I can't help but, but address it is that why would the, why not Look at Askarov. That's what I'm talking about. That's he's not going. 15. He's not going to drop that far. Well, if he does, do they not look at him? Do they not I, seriously I think consider they're, him? They're one of the few teams that would benefit more from a goalie than a position player. He's exactly who I was talking about, Kyle. I forgot his name, but that's what it was. Yeah, the for Russian. Russian. But even Russian then, goalie. like they're not. Here's the thing, right? Matthews just signed a five-year deal. <clears throat> which means they, and, and one year's already elapsed, which means they have four more years to win the Stanley Cup. That is the window. Yes. You are not about to draft a rookie goalie and wait, uh, room him and wait good, for good him point. to become a goalie. Goalies don't just cultivate with the snap of a finger. They take it two to three years to get ready. <laughs> so I don't care who this guy is. I don't care if he is going to be the next Carey Price. There's no way in hell he's playing quality games, 50 games a year. Until three years from now. So, so Nick, that, he's got a point. Yeah, I I don't disagree. That arrives at the next option. We're shipping Freddie, and we're also shipping the draft pick. If you think that the Leafs oh. can benefit from a goalie, you think the Leafs can yeah. benefit from a goalie, but yeah. they can't draft one, or they think that it's just not the right time. Mm. Well, this, and and you said that the players are drafting a player right now is not as important as drafting a goalie. They're gonna. Right. Sh- you're going to ship the pick. I think they're okay. going to ship it for a defensive. Okay, yeah, no, and that's on the table. Dubas said it himself. It's on the table. So, so here's, I don't know, I could be wrong, but here's my analysis. You got Miller okay. at $7 million, Gone. Anderson gone. at $5 get million. him out. Yep, get him out. Anderson get at $5 out. Million, get him out. Get him out. Kerfoot at 3 and a half, get him out. Out. Johnson at 3, Johnson at 3 and a half, get him out. Out. And this the and the cap they already have. That brings them to eighteen point nine million of space. 
that gives you some breathing room, okay? And you have a first-round pick. Bundle that all together, I think you get a, a really sexy defenseman, okay? Like? Like, like Petrangelo. No. I don't know, man. I okay. So here's the somebody thing: somebody like Matt Murray or Robin Leonard. Oh, okay. Hold on. Okay. Go on. Like, there's so much to address here. Like, you've sparked so much. The first thing is okay. So first off, I'd be shocked if they trade the pick because really? what would have been the point in acquiring the pick in the first place? You would you should have just flipped Kapanen for a position player. The second oh. thing is we, we were just talking about salary cap. The only way of fighting the cap, this COVID cap, this flat cap that's not going up because there's no revenue coming in from the fans, is to play younger players. And nope. guys like Dylan Holloway, who are already playing college hockey, who are already older rookies, can inject right into your lineup and it can produce right from the get-go. The Leafs have no prospects other than Nick Robertson and Rasmus Sandin. They have nobody else. They can't afford to trade this pick. They need to draft a first-rounder. They might trade down and pick 21st. They might even move up. I don't know what they'll do, but they're definitely taking a player in the first round. I can assure you that. You make a good point about, I guess I didn't really know that uh, the Leafs are so constrained on, on picks. Or on, sorry, prospects. They really are. I thought that they were less constrained on prospects, but I mean, here's a question. If Think about your trickle down economics, okay? You got you've got Go on. a cap constrained league, right? Mind you, in a cap constrained league, what is the team that's best positioned for that? Where where all the teams are struggling to meet even meet the salary cap. A lot of the teams are not even gonna meet the cap. I think the Penguins even announced sorry, we're not even gonna meet the salary cap because we're not gonna have enough money to even play to pay out the entire cap, right? So, so in a, in an environment where a lot of teams are even in that position, who do you think has the most money to cough it up, even though the salary cap is flat? The Leafs. Sense. <laughs> Sorry, no, no, kidding. The Toronto Maple Leafs have the most money out of any team in the league, which means this is the opportune time for the Leafs to take advantage of buying people. Buy all the juicy, juicy talent that comes up. The teams are like, no, I don't want to get rid of you. But they can say, snatch, I'm the big mm. fish. I think this mm. is an opportunity. Okay, the other point I was going to make is the goaltending market you just pointed out. Not it's that rich. simple. Not it's that rich. simple. Robin, Robin Leonard is being re-signed by the Vegas Golden Knights. That is breaking okay. news I just received today from my, from my uh, insiders in Vegas. That was a few days ago. Insiders Not breaking news today. Yes, my in, according to my sources, Leonard is re-signing. That's old news. Ah. Meaning, me, meaning you might. <laughs> meaning you're not getting Leonard, but maybe you'll get Flurry. Oh, if, if Vegas if, if Vegas decides to eat some of his money because he's making seven million uh, over the next two years, seven million, then seven million. If they eat some of his money, then you might be able to afford him and you get rid of Freddie. Then you get you get some experience at least, and I know that's a guy Kyle would like. Oh, other than no. other than that, there's like Kyle said, there's so many other guys out there, right? Is Markstrom going to hit the market? Yes. Uh, is is Kudobin going to hit the market after this excellent run? Um, there's so much to choose from. So I, you're right; they they might just shed Freddie's salary and and sign a guy for like two point five or three mil, and just have a tandem him and Campbell. We'll see. 
I think it'd be great to get Flurry for two and a half mil, but I don't think well, that's not happening. No, no, no. They would no. eat something like two point <clears throat> five to three of his salary, and then you'd only have to pay Flurry like four or four or five. See, yeah, that's an interesting thing, but then that's a lot of drama just to get a half a million savings, right? Well, it's yeah. not just the savings, though. It's it's a guy who's proven in the playoffs, whereas a guy like Freddie, yeah. he yeah. plays great in the regular season. I'm the biggest Freddie defender, but in the playoffs, he, he he's like, uh, he, yeah, exactly. Like you his saw record is abysmal. You saw that that goal that goal that went through him, right? The five hole one. It had no business going in, and it and ended the the season for them. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's very interesting. I'd like to see if that plays out or. I've also heard that in the richness of the goalies coming available, we have actually a bunch of kind of under the radar, less expensive, less less top of mind goalies that are coming due as well. Like younger guys that maybe aren't proven but could be like the next, like a Binnington type. He's not coming up, but like I mean, you know, I. I, I, I oh, how about a Mikey D. Pietro out of, out of Vancouver? Who who like Vancouver's got Thatcher Demko. Thatcher Demko is going to be the right. guy for the next ten years. Mikey Di Pietro doesn't have a job. I don't as know. A I don't know, man. Big market, Toronto. I'm not sure a, a, it's a good environment for a rookie or or a young. No, no, no. You, no. You, need, you need some kind of veteran, I think. Okay, l- let me drop. L- let me drop my top goalie consideration for this team. This is who I want most Kemper? of all in the entire league. Yes, Darcy Kemper. Kemper, Saskatoon boy. <laughs> character through the roof, a guy who will just step in, stoic, st- st- like stone face, will just play his game, play amazing, and go home. He sounds like that's, the Marlowe style, I believe. Yes, that's who you that's want. He, and, and it Andrew, like- he, he grew up on a farm, and he was raised the right way, unlike these fuckers who are on the team now. And this like, is the guy you need. I'm telling you. And, and my girlfriend grew up near Saskatoon on a there, farm the right way. There you go. Exactly. Like I, I subscribe to that type. And and it sounds like they're trading. They're fire sailing their whole team. They're getting rid of everybody. So. Which is wild. Police Just or, like or who? no Arizona. If if there's any team you want to be a vulture and pick at the good oh, parts, it's Arizona. Like what are they doing? They can't even afford to keep their best people. Yeah, like Hall's gone, Kessel might be gone, Kemper. Why are they getting rid of Kemper? He was your shining light. He was your only hope. Yeah, he was your only hope in the playoffs. Let's get rid of him. Little Kessel. <laughs> no way. That was no a way. joke. That was a joke. Like they've they're they're a joke. They're they're gonna they're gonna collapse as a franchise. I guarantee it. In the next five years, they're not. There's not going to be a team there. I'm surprised they've lasted this long. To be honest. But if, if I were Dubis, I, I would pay a, a fucking hefty sum to get this goalie. Like of, of all the goalies on the market, he's the one that intrigues me the most. You can't be you can't be paying a hefty sum for a goalie right now when the Leafs need the biggest battle horde of defensemen ever. Get rid of Justin Hall. Get rid of Dermot, or put Dermot to your sixth or seventh goal defenseman. Oh. That's what I mean. I've, Leafs- I've got a question. I got a question for the masses. Did you see the the Montreal Canadiens just made a deal for a defenseman? No, I Joel Edmondson. They got for very cheap, and I'm just thinking like, 
It's a good. It's a serviceable guy. He's he's got he, he can use his body. He's good on defense. He came from Carolina, who and previously from that he was on St. Louis. It, it just seems like a guy the Leafs would want to maybe target this Joel Edmondson guy. You know, like Nick, you probably know this guy quite well from your St. Louis days, but he seems like a really good under th- under three point five million type of guy who could really bolster the defense and make things a little more solid. Why weren't the Leafs in on this deal, or were they? Well, it's 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 deals like this that make me wonder, <clears throat> like, what are these guys like Dubis doing? Because they keep saying <laughs> it. They keep saying it's so hard to get a top four defenseman. You can't trade for them. You need to draft them. We're never we're never gonna get a top four defenseman. <laughs> and then Montreal gives out like a fifth round pick to Carolina, yes! and then they sign him to three point five million AAV. People were talking great. about maybe giving him five or four five, and they signed him for three five. Like I don't know what insider deal this was, but they're Amazing. making they're ma- Bergevin's making every other team's manager look like a doofus. But yes. you know what? Or or you know what? This could be a sign up. This could be the beginning of the effects of the very real economic effects wave that's hitting the league, where suddenly all these teams cannot afford. Mm. To- to actually pay what we historically, even last year, would have thought these players are going to get paid, you know? Well, well, all I would say is Montreal is one of the very few teams that have a shitload of cap space. They, they, they are one of the best built teams for this COVID climate because they have so many young players who are who are making cheap money, like Suzuki and Kakanyemi, and then they also have a shit ton of cap space, so they can take on money. And stuff like, like that. an Allen. So yeah, exactly. So no, uh, uh, they're they're looking great right now, and they're like two or three moves away from being an elite hockey team. And, and they're not done. That, Nick. I hate to say that as a Leaf fan, but that's what it is. They're not done making moves. They're they're in no. on Hall. They're in on they're in on a lot of things. Like they've got the room, and they've got you know they've got cap uh, currency. They've got a million second rounders. They've got a first rounder. They've got a lot. Like I, 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 I can definitively say Montreal has a better <clears throat> blue line than the Maple Leafs. Oh yeah, as of as of today, they yes. Have a great blue it's, line. it's not even a debate. Tyson Berry does not belong in the Leafs. I'm sorry. Well, he's gone. Well, he's gone. Yeah, you he's Garbo. Your blue so line. Get rid is, of that salary too. Yeah, it's it's Riley, Hole, Muzzin, no. Dermot, and uh, Sandine, and like, Liljegren. Yeah, Dustin Hall, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's I'm crap. Sorry. He's another Matt Martin. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Matt Martin has Wade shown Black. really well this playoffs. He's another Wade Belak. Oh, my God. Or Mike Commissarek. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. They, Matt Martin has looked pretty damn good in New York this year. Pretty good. We should get to that. The uh the the, the playoffs. So are we all done with the Leafs boys what, or do we want to keep them? We're almost done. You guys, you know what the best thing they should do? And he's he's pretty low down on the list and the goalie's available, ready? Okay. Brian Elliott. No I'm Oh no, 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 no. No. But okay. Uh, Matt Murray, I seriously think would be like probably the best, cheapest. He's, his salary cap hit is three point seven five mil. 
it's because honestly, yes. Not to mention, Dubis had him in Sault Ste. Marie as his goalie, so there's a insider dynamic there. Don't think that he wasn't in the conversation when they had that first trade, and they said, "Okay, we'll have to come back to it. I've got to find out if I can get rid of some cap space first, (laughs) and then maybe I'll come back and talk to you again about Murray." that makes me think that the pick, the draft pick, is not involved in the goalie situation for Dubis, but he might have that pick. I don't know. If you guys think that they need a, to draft a guy, that's a possibility, but I think they might have that pick in mind in terms of uh, buying a defenseman. Sweeten the deal for a big D-man, and I hear Drew Doughty's a coming available, too. Oh, boy. No, he's not going oh, anywhere. When I, when I think he needs D- to rebuild. When I think D-man, I, I think like a Chris Tanev in Vancouver. Someone like that who who's available, but he's also not going to break the bank like a Petrangelo. I don't think they can afford Petrangelo. I also don't think he's leaving St. Louis. I think St. Louis, the the Allen trade, getting rid of that money, shows me they're doing what they can to keep their captain who hoisted their franchise's only Stanley Cup. That's you don't trade. You don't trade the guy who ho- hosted your Stanley Cup who you're going to build a statue of. You don't do that. I was yeah, thinking he's a Toronto boy. That's what I was thinking. I know, but we thought the same thing about Stamkos, and we all know what happened there. The guy and Dowdy and Dowdy and Dowdy. Same thing about it keeps Tavares. happening. T- Tavares is an anomaly, and we all see how that ended up. Yeah. A lot of oh. fans regret that. So, oh, sing, sing, sing. <laughs> Are yeah, we done? Nice. Are we done with the zingers and the poo pooing? Oh no, no, no! One more thing. One more thing. You have one move to fix the Maple Leafs, oh, and here on. it is. And here it is. I'll, I'll tell you what it is. It's, it's not a trick question. You trade Austin Matthews for Jack Eichel. You sit back and relax and watch unfold, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Jack Eichel in Toronto is the solution. You know what? You could trade John Tavares for Jack Eichel in Toronto. Yeah, right. They would never do no, that. I don't in think a that. Million. Come on. No way. Come on. I, you I come on. What about, Listen, okay. uh, Andrew, I, I don't think Tampa would take John Tavares for Anthony Sorelli. Sorry, we got a guest star on the, on the, on board. Wow. Oh my God. I'm, is, I'm worried. I'm scared. This is snow. Okay, bye. Where's the other one? Somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll work on it. I want to see the other one before the end of the show. Okay, I hope she comes on. Oh, um, uh, part parting words for the Leafs. I think Dubis has has. Uh, I think Dubis has message received. Like I think he gets it. Like I think this is this round is now shown him. Hey, maybe what I was doing before didn't work. The Kapanen deal is an indicator. Break up the boys' club. It's no longer a frat house. Like yeah, I think he's team. figured it out. I think I I really do trust in this team now. And and any moves he makes from now on, I think I'm going to like. So but again, we'll see. But again, I, I thought the same thing. And then you hear the news yesterday. They they got their assistant coach, Manny Malholtra. Okay, like, so? I don't like it. I wanted Why? Vet, I wanted a veteran. I wanted Bruce Boudreau. I wanted like a hard-edged Rick, wow. Rick Bonus kind of guy. And instead, you go out and find like a first-timer. Yeah, it's but you're not going to get a... It's too much, like, risky like, know, youngsters who don't know what they're doing. You would never get a you'd never get a Boudreaux underneath a Shel- Sheldon Keefe. Like, it, it's just well, the power what, dynamic is all Bo- off. That's what Rick Bonus did when he was an assistant. 
No one wants to like Sheldon Keefe is a, is basically a rookie himself. No one's no veteran is going to go underneath him. It's just it. This is what has been decided last year. Sheldon Keefe is the guy. He's a he's a rookie guy. So your assistant coach is going to be shit. All right. Final question for Andrew. <laughs> final question for Andrew. If the Leafs this coming season either A, miss the playoffs, or B, get knocked out in the first round yet again, is Sheldon Key, is, uh, is, is Kyle Dubas kicked to the street? I, my next point to you was that Kyle Dubas is going to be begging for change if he, <laughs> if they lose another thing before. <laughs> I'm sorry. Nice. You know, He's going to be homeless, eh? 34. That's nice. He'll be 33 or 34. He still has time to go back to university. And do oh my else. god. You know, <laughs> go to law school. But funny, funny story, Andrew. My, uh, my dentist is actually Dubas's neighbor. Oh! <laughs> and he lives in a nice home at like Royal York, Royal York and Bloor. Oh. And he's only seen him once. He was like putting on his running shoes, going for a run. But but needless to say, he's doing just fine. So I don't think he'll be asking for change anytime soon. Wow. Yeah, I I don't know. But it would hurt his rep, and he might not get another GM job again. Because this has the makings of a colossal failure. You know, it's, they already they already don't like him. If okay, I'll finish my answer. If the Leafs don't make it past round one this year, Dubis he'll be the next, like, trainer guy who runs out to help people if they get fucked. <laughs> him running out in his running shoes on the ice. Next right, year. like one, right. one of those one of those physio people in yeah, the tracksuit. Yeah, he'll run out. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine? Well, last wild card question for you about the Leafs. Do you think yes. that Max Domi becomes the second Domi of the Toronto Maple Leafs? No. He's going to leave Montreal. I think it's a great yes. fit. I think it's a great fit because it, he's a, he's an energy guy, and I think they need like an energy guy with grit, and he he's can great. bring that if he's, he's in the right mood. He he can he can bring that. Yeah, and I and, and I I think for the if they were able to get him, I'd get him. But here's the thing: Leafs in Montreal never make significant moves. The last move they made was for Thomas Placanic. And that was like a seventh rounder for Placanic. It was like a minor ass deal. And they he was a fourth made, liner. Never made a significant trade, and Domi would be a significant trade. So I, I just couldn't see Bergevin throwing a bone to, to young Kyle Dubas. Okay, so and, and, uh, sorry, go ahead. Go on. No, go on. So I was gonna say last gritty guy that used to be or that has family or you know, any relation to the Leafs in the past. Would they bring back Kadri? Or could they oh. That was such a bloody mistake. Man, he's not going. He's not going anywhere. You saw no. how he did with Colorado. He, now he's untouchable. Yeah, it was the worst mistake ever. You know yeah. what? Who they need? They need a Josh Anderson. They need someone like that. But they're not going to get him. I just they're not. And 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 with Domi, the whole Domi thing. Domi hates the Leafs too much. Mm. Like when when they would get into it, like in in like rivalry type games. He would fucking, like, they would chirp him to no end, and he would chirp them. I don't know if, like, that's, like, I, I don't know if that's ever got a consideration in a GM trade, but it just doesn't seem like they like each other, like, genuinely. I don't know if he could fit in in that room after yeah. what those guys have said to him. Well, to Nick's point, I think that they're, they're gutting house. If Nick's right, they think that, <clears throat> you think that Dubas has got it. 
right? And he's got it in terms of, yeah. in terms of attitude problem as well. Like, I, I, I heard, I didn't hear until Kapanen left, but apparently he had an attitude problem in the dressing room. In terms oh, God, of yeah. Showing up when, when they wanted him to or whatever. So they yeah. cut the crap. Like, you're paid way too much to just think that you're the shit and you've never taken your team past round one, you know? Yeah, yeah. So. It, it, it has started. It has started. It has started. Okay, Nick, we want to take us to the next section. I'm going to go to the washroom quick. And, uh, yeah. Of course. Comes. Speaking okay, of starting, the Stanley oh. Cup final will start tomorrow. And... We'd be remiss if we got into that discussion without asking our uh, dedicated guest star today, Andrew Bell, what he has thought of the playoffs so far. We are now into about day 50 of the playoffs. We started August 1st. We're now on the eve of September 19th. Uh, in, in short, Andrew, what have you thought? What have you thought of the quality of play? What have you thought of the COVID hockey, so to speak? No fans? The, the, the TV, uh, model that they've brought forward? What do you make of, of just before we get into the teams and your assessment, just the quality of play? Are you pleasantly surprised? Are you massively disappointed? What, what do you think of what's happened in the last 50 days here? I'll talk to you about something that I love here. Okay, about, about the 2020 playoffs in the NHL. We have arrived upon some unprecedented times, okay? We get to a point where the world is going through a hard time. We have a virus that's running rampant. It's a global health emergency, okay? We have two cities that are these bubble zones, which are, it's amazing. They, like, cordon off a whole section of huge cities and say, this is yours, half of the NHL. And one thing that I find hilarious, and I friggin' love it, because any time the NHL has quirky cheesiness that still exists because they're still small. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you playing with your dongle, Kyle? Oh, shit. That was pretty quick, buddy. For what? <laughs> what do you mean? We're keeping that in the audio. Oh, what? What happened? <laughs> That's gold. That's what? Cool. You'll have to watch later, Kyle. We're going to leave happened? him suspense for now, but needless to say, it was comedy gold. Okay, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that, he was making that, this face. <laughs> I don't get it, man. I, I seriously can't understand what could have happened. <laughs> I went to the washroom, I came downstairs, I forgot I needed to get a beer, and I went back. Oh, okay. All right. Um, as we were saying... Okay, go on. Yeah, go on. We're a little bit scarred. Actually, Nick, it could be a mix of, of this face and the one behind you. <laughs> and the one behind Kyle. That's okay. We love you, buddy. We're all good. I don't know. Hey, I will, I'll find <laughs> out in the tapes. Okay. Um, so, the things that I love about the playoffs right now. Number one... You got no fans, and you got these oh. super hard stretch tarps over all the seats, okay? And then puck goes out of the oh, puck goes o- over the glass and into the stands, and all here's bong 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 bong. It's huge. You get this ping pong game with the puck like bouncing around everywhere, and then and then also in between like in between exciting points or whatever, you hear 
the classic NHL 2004 cheering audio. Ah! Right. <laughs> Big cheering going. I love that. I love that. It's, it is NHL video games coming to real life in real broadcasts. Yeah. So I, I think that's great. Those are random. They don't really matter. No, but I like that. Little minutia that little I wouldn't point out. I like that. I love it. Kind of like, like this guy. <laughs> yeah, except he wasn't there. Philly, Philly could have really used him. Yeah, exactly. Good for this. Um, well, okay. What did I miss? What did I miss? And then is well, I just asked him what he thought of of the the on TV product. What he thought the league was oh, doing. It yeah. sounds like you're pretty happy. So I mean, with <laughs> with respect to the actual teams and and who progressed and who got knocked out. Did, did any particular storylines pop out to you in the past six weeks? <clears throat> Who are you asking? You, of course. You're the uh, guest star. I don't think the Islanders should have stayed around. But You're full of shit. Are. Here we are. Um, I don't know. I thought Colorado had it in them to go all the way to the finals. But the yeah. Dallas Stars have been like the king of the garbage goals and like solid you know, Thank you. Columbus Blue Jackets style defensive play. That's really the leader of all this. But at the end of the day, I think Tampa Bay is right where they should be. And I think the Tampa Bay Lightning are a couple years overdue to win the cup. And I think mm. the Tampa Bay Lightning will be the 2020 COVID Stanley Cup hoisters. Uh, and oh I, my God. But I think, I don't know for sure. And I think the question here is, is it, is it all about offensive talent or is it all about, you know, being like number one, number two, and number three, a defensive roadblock? And if that's the case, the Dallas Stars might win. And it'll well, be boring as hell. You know, it'll be I, like, oh, they scored by accident. Sorry. I think, hey, I think that's a great segue to explaining what happened in that Islanders Tampa series. Because I, I think what you just mentioned is what 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 transpired you had like a defensive juggernaut who was content just playing 1-1 games the whole game against this offensive dynamo who could also grind like they've learned to play defensive hockey since getting swept last year and you clearly saw the result uh, yeah. capped off last night by a Sorelli overtime goal that Kyle mm. uh mentioned so I guess I'll start with you, Kyle. What did what did you what did uh, what did you make of this series? Well, uh, for the most part, it was pretty dull, <laughs> from what I could see. Like, you know, it, a lot of the games for me turned into the Islanders just, you know, picking their moments and barely hanging on by a threat. And to me, it just turns into kind of suckish hockey. Like, if, if it wasn't one line or two lines going, it's just like there was no lines going, shut it down and that kind of thing. Not even Tampa Bay could get really much going because it, it almost turns into an issue for the game is where when you really clog it up, there's no fun to be had. Now, we did end up seeing some good, um, some good moments from the series, but honest to God, like, this is hard to watch. This is really hard to watch. And, uh, and I'm glad it's over. I, I wanted the Islanders to win for my own personal reasons. But, uh, but here we are with Tampa Bay. Now, Tampa Bay is interesting because they have faced not one, but now 
I'd say three defensive juggernauts. First Columbus, defensive juggernaut, tried to play that system. They figured it out. Philly, which was a, an odd one. Like, why Boston. would... Yes, Boston too. Boston tried to play that way as well. And, uh, well, they, they kind of, yeah, they, they, they kind of fumbled in, in their own way and they had their own issues. And then the Islanders, but, uh, and then they, they figured out, figured it out both times. So I feel like they somehow have cracked the code and, uh, and they're ready. They're ready for a team like Dallas. And Dallas is a, is a team. I mean, they're, they're, they're good defensively. They're, they're pretty great defensively, but they can also chip in, like Andrew said, the shit goals, the absolute, I don't deserve this type of goals, like with the Pavelskis and, and the Gurianovs. Like, it's going to be a stupid, shitty series to watch, but. Well, we'll, we'll get into that in a sec, but just, just keeping it to Tampa. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. so, I mean, it's yeah, no, it's an astute point on your part. They've beat three defensive juggernauts. Dallas is of that same mold. Um, but I'd I'd start by just saying, you said it was a boring series, and I agree. But I'll be honest, this was the most emotionally invested I was in a single series of hockey since the Leaf series. Now, why is that? Well, Andrew's not privy to this, but Andrew, before <laughs> before the tournament started, I put a I put a hundred dollars down. On a bunch of underdog teams, and because I thought, hey, it's the COVID Cup, it's going to be some underdog that wins. One of them, one of them was the Islanders. So he, it was like I was like twelve bucks Carolina, ten bucks Islanders, eight bucks Calgary. You know, I was dishing my money. Yeah. And Islanders were my last really big value team left, and there were two schools of thought going into these playoffs. Is it going to be? The best team going in is going to be the best team coming out, like the Tampas, despite COVID, or is it going to be the underdog? And I thought, hey, this might be a good way to make some cash and have some fun. And Islanders, I put money on, and and I thought they were toast. I predicted the series would be a four-game sweep. And they gave me some life in that game five. They won in overtime. That gave me some... Oh, Jordan Eberle. Jordan Eberle's goal, of course. And then watching that game six last night, that was the most invested I was in a game since like Matthews tying up the game in that overtime against when they scored the three quick goals, Toronto. Like I was on the edge of my seat last night. Like it was a great feeling, but them losing the game, it, it hurt me. Like I went to bed really sad last night and I I don't, I don't, I don't kids out there. I don't condone betting. Because, like, the highs are really high. <laughs> highs are really high, but the lows are even lower. I'm sorry, yeah. just look at how, how creepy the guy behind you looks right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kids out he's, there! He's right over my shoulder. You better look out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it hurt. And and they they had so much life, too. Like, I thought they outplayed Tampa in the third period last night. I thought they outplayed them in overtime. They killed... Two double minor penalties in Game Five and Game Six, Kyle. That's amazing. Yeah, and and, I mean, and Matt Martin was uh, throwing chirps. Cat, Cat, Clutterbuck was throwing chirps. Yeah, like it, they 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 if they're not one of the most likable teams in the NHL right now by just people in general, I don't know who else should be. Like this this team has so much to like. And and here's another little story for you, Andrew. You'll like this one. Lou Lamorello, in the past, when he was with New Jersey, 
when they were in the playoffs, he didn't let his players go home. They would rent a hotel floor and they would oh. live the ho- they would live in the hotel through the whole playoffs. This is like the early 2000s. Wow. So my theory is the reason the Islanders had such a good run is because he was on top of all the shit they were doing, all the extracurricular activities, all the eating, yes. all the socializing. Yes. He was on top of this shit. So and that's the that's the only reason they got to Game Six of a conference final. So what wow. you're saying, Nick, is that had the Leafs kept Lou Lamorello and had the Leafs not signed John Tavares, they miss him so much. They would have a excellent, excellent. He's a, man. He's a total pro. Like you listen to interviews of this guy, like he doesn't joke around. Like he doesn't make jokes. He doesn't make quips. I know that's boring for some people, but the guy is like he has a goal in mind and he just sticks to it. And he is like the quintessential professional. This guy, like I I admire so much of how this guy runs a team, and I think he doesn't get enough credit for how far this team went. So I I got it before I go to Tampa. Like I just got to give so much love to them, Kyle. Just a few observations. Matt Barzell, as much as I said he was a top five offensive player, he can be a bit of a dumb dumb from time to time. Oh come and, on! And we saw we saw that with the game winning Sorelli goal. He loses coverage. Sorelli just comes on in. Barzell is just gliding behind him. He easily could have checked his stick there and didn't. That game's on Barzell there. Um, no. And and even break-ins, like on the power play. He will break in the puck. He refuses to dump it in. He has to break it in. And then he will be so indecisive. He won't know whether to pass it back to the point, whether to pass it forward. He'll be so indecisive, then he'll turn over the puck. He disappointed me in this series. And, uh, and, and I, and I lost a little bit of respect for, for young Matthew Barzell in this series. You're a, la- you're a load of shit. I, I don't know. I got more, and that, like, guys that, like, I, uh, that's, that's all I got for you. Guys that impressed me, I thought your boy Noah Dobson stepped in admirably last night. That was, was he, that he was only nice played the one game, right? He just played the sudden death game last night, and he, he got really good as the game went on. Uh, yeah. Brock Nelson's a guy who I just wrote off as some no name, but he's legit. Like, this guy's a legit two center. He's a legit two center. He plays hard two ways. So yeah, I mean the, the team showed me a lot, and uh, I got to tip my cap to them. I didn't win my oh Kai, uh, so Andrew the payout if if they would have won I would have won a thousand dollars. So hence why I was so invested last night. Andrew, Andrew, if there's any one team in the NHL who's the exact polar opposite of the Leafs, it's the Islanders. Lower level of talent overall. But highest level of compete, character, and buy-in of That's any exactly team. That's what I wish the Leafs had. I know exactly. You like know their I top, mean? their top defenseman is a guy named Ryan Pollock. You'll not see him on a Norris ballot. Yeah, but but he runs maybe the one of the best defensive teams in the in the NHL. It's it's wild and crazy and out of control, and it's it's awesome. They're not fun to watch, but like it's 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 a really admirable team, and, and kudos to them for going so hard. And and you have Jordan Eberle, which is the this is the biggest reason why I'm so sad. Eberle needs a cup. He needs a cup before he's done in this league. And and I'm I'm getting kind of nervous that it's not going to come because he's one of my all time favorites of of any of hockey life. Because of 2009 and 2010, 
And this was his shot, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. I was going to say, maybe it'd be great to get him on the Leafs and have him win there, but, but I looked at their cap oh. situation on Cap Friendly, and they're not hurting. They have, like, what is what is it? I, I wrote it. The Islanders have $9 million in space, and they have eight guys. They have, their first, their top eight paid forwards make, you need, you need eight guys to get over the $41 million that are accounted for in the Leafs' first. Wow. Wow. That's a Lou Lamorello effect right there. Lou, Lou was yeah. the guy behind Kadri for that cheap-ass deal. And, and again, they're, they're not perfect. Like, like, let's, no. like, like when you look at their prospect system, the Islanders are very poor. They've I don't spent, like them. They've spent a lot of their picks. They've spent, like, they have no first round pick this year. They traded it for John Gabriel Pajot, who's great. Like, he signed an extension. But the reality is, as much as we want to call the Islanders underdogs, they are in win now mode. Like, yes. you see that, you see the stuff, the futures they've <clears throat> given up. They are in win now mode. So don't make it sound like they're this Cinderella. They're, they're just, they're just, they're a competitive team that should be in the running. They just do it in an unconventional way. And that's why we're all surprised. Um, right. but yeah, that's all I got to say about them. And then, man, again, I didn't want to acknowledge Tampa at all in this podcast. Like it pains me to say it because like on one end, I'm cheering for a team to make a thousand dollars. On the other end, I'm cheering against the phony lawyer. Like it was literally the most. <laughs> The fo- it was literally the most polar opposite directions in this series. Yes. Like I, my yes. life was on this, and I'm just I hate this team even more now. Like those yes. du- those double minors that they drew, like the bloody like I have a theory, Kyle. Like when those when Sergachev or, or Kucherov gets high sticked and they have a bloody lip, I think they're like I think they're chewing on their lips to draw some blood. You know, I I and, bet and they are. The, and then when the ref comes, they just show them like a little speck of blood, and then they get four minutes. Those yeah. dirty Russians, I'm sure they're up to some shit. I, I agree. A hundred, and, and Cooper knows they'll do it for him. Yes. Okay, you're gonna, like it, was no coin, it was no coincidence that the two guys who drew those two penalties were Sergachev and Kucherov. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. Yes! Exactly. I can't stand these guys. I cannot sell, even the celebration, like when they picked up the trophy and started celebrating like they won the Stanley Cup. Like, fuck that shit. Honestly. Like, thank screw you. that. Thank you, thank you, thank screw you. Screw that. Now, I gotta ask, what was Cooper's reaction? Was he triple fist bumping or what? what was you he know doing? what? I digested this one a lot better because the, the Sorelli goal, as you remember, was very fluky. It was off the post, off Varlamov and in. So no mm-hmm. one really knew it went in. So Cooper's reaction was very like, he was holding his breath, like, oh my god, is it in? Is it in? Is it in? And then when the ref made the call, he just, he kind of just like, Took like a deep breath. He was like, he it was just like a smile on his face, and he just took a really deep breath. That was it. Uh, no fist pumping. It was a much weird. better to to see. I'll be honest. Yeah. But still not happy. Yeah, I know. I know. And I and I hope he gets his just desserts next round. Like I don't know what I'm gonna do with my life if if he wins a cup. Oh God. I don't know what I'm gonna do. You have to change careers. I think so. It's it, it 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 means that phony lawyers win. And yes. you will fail. I will fail, and then and phony lawyers win. It's it's terrible. It's I, have a, I know. I have an oddball question for you. Shoot. Don't you think that the Toronto Maple Leafs are trying to become the Tampa Bay Lightning of today? They'll never get there. No, no, no. They're not, 
they're, they're trying not. to be fast. They're trying to be on paper like really impressive offensive team. <laughs> the Leafs are trying to become the greasy Tampa Bay Lightning of today. Is that they don't really have it, man. Much? They don't. They the personnel wise, they're so different. Like the Leafs don't have a Kalorn. Like they, don't, they don't have, have a they, point. They don't have point. They don't have a Sergeyev or no, sorry, a uh, Yanni Gord. They don't have. Sorelli. Blake Coleman. Sorelli. Maroon. They don't have Hedman. That's the No, number. they don't they have They don't Hedman. have a number one defenseman. Hedman's the best defenseman in the NHL, and Tampa has him. He's top three. Riley He's not a, number one. Riley is a number one defenseman. He's Kale not McCarr, Hedman. Kale McCarr. He's McCarr. not even close to Hedman. Yeah. He's not even close. Get what you can, but I, I think that, you know, with my plan, you sell half the Leafs team. And then you buy a half another team, which is better people, you know? Mm. Here's the thing with Tampa. They're in even more cap trouble than the Leafs. Like, if they don't win this year, so many of their guys, like Kalorn and Tyler Johnson, are gone. Great. So, like, the, the, pressure, the pressure to win is so paramount right now, where if they don't win this year, I don't think they get back to this point. I don't, I don't think they'll ever have as good a team as what they have right now. Yeah. So that that's why I'm going to watch the Stanley Cup final so closely because I I know deep down if they lose it's over for the phony lawyer. Wow. Nick, I I'm not sure. I'm not sure those guys are going to go. They're going. I think they'll take a big discount to stay. Those two guys. I think they're I think they're going. We'll see. But I, gotta, I think at they least they got to sign other guys. At least one of them will take a huge discount cuz it's Tampa. And they've been there their whole career, and they like it. Everyone likes Tampa. Those who st- those who go to Tampa, they stay. There. I know, but you can't, you cannot deny when co- rookie contracts come up, then they have to pay those guys or or restrictions no come up. Yeah, that's what I was There's no say. tax. I know, I know, but everyone I've been hearing has been saying it's like a given. Those guys are leaving. I don't know. It's like a given. Know. I'd but be shocked. Regardless. We move to the other series that depressed me very much. Oh, yes, it did. The actual lawyer, Pete DeBoer, has been knocked out of a conference final yet again. He got knocked out last year by San Jose, or in San Jose, and he got knocked out again this year. It pains me to say it, but he will not be winning a Stanley Cup this year. Uh, what the hell did you make of this series, Kyle? I know exactly what I made of this series, and it was over in a flash. No one expected this to be over in in such a short time. Honest to God. I did. I knew this would happen, Nick, because the hockey god's karma finally gave me a pat on the shoulder and said, we're still with you, buddy. We're still with you. And I'm telling you, I said many shows ago, I said, hey, the Flurry and Leonard, Leonard drama, the Marcheseau social media drama, it's all going to come back to bite them. There's too much petty drama around this team for them to actually win this cup. And and say what you want about what, what goalie they should have used. If I was the coach, I would have probably made very similar decisions. But Alan Walsh made this a thing. Social media made it a bigger thing. And, and Flurry's not happy. He's your face of the franchise originally. That's not cool. Everyone's thinking about it. Marcia so spouts off with a bunch of expletives on, on 
on Instagram. Andrew, Jonathan Marcheseau, one of Vegas's top forwards, told some guy on Instagram, I, don't, I, I can't even say it on this show, but he basically said, I can't even say it on this show. It's so fucking dirty and bad. That, that, like, I, I would not bear repeat it, but he's a, he's an idiot for saying that on social media public forum. And I'm like, you know what? They're not going to make it. They will not do it. So it all happened the way it should have. Dallas played their game. And hey, this just goes to show Colorado was, took them to game seven, took them to the brink with fucking three broken arms and a broken leg. And Vegas couldn't even go to game six. This just goes to show Colorado was poised for a win and they got fucked by injuries once again. And I'm pissed off and it just, it just, it, it rubs more salt in the wound than it ever did. And, uh, and if it were me, I would have played Flurry in, in, in game five. I think Kadri and the Colorado Avalanche need to get a cup. <laughs> Was there a lot of that going on, Kyle? Let me see. I can't see it. Is that DeBoer? Sad DeBoer. Yeah, it's it's angry, confused DeBoer. Yeah, I I'm, very, know, I'm very sad. Hey, boys. you know what? You know, I'll tell you why this all happened. Fuck the Miro Heiskanen and drama. It's garbage. You know where the drama deserves to be to be laid? Anton Kadovan. You <laughs> see the photo of this guy mucking nine pounds of wings <laughs> and and six pints of beer. What a legendary guy this is turning out to be. And then you saw his celebration in the room. There's a wing from Andrew. You saw the celebration in the room. He said, he got the, he got the necklace and he goes, like everyone's like waiting for a speech and he just turns around and goes, we're not going home. (laughs) What the fuck? This is the coolest guy. This is the coolest guy left in the playoffs, and for that, I'm cheering for him. Man, he looks fuck like a the char- he, he looks like a character out of Game of Thrones or The Witcher. I know. <laughs> yes, yes. Fuck the Sagans. Kadovan is our guy. He is our guy. Yeah. You know what that reminds <laughs> me of? Really, really goofy move. The moment that Evgeny Malkin wins his first Stanley Cup. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't. <laughs> This is a way long ago, okay? But the Pittsburgh Penguins win the Stanley Cup. Everybody's like, oh my god, my childhood dreams just came true. Everybody's celebrating, going like crazy. <sighs> Not two minutes into the celebration, just <laughs> this Mando cameraman follows Malkin off. <laughs> you see Malkin walking on his own, <laughs> out of into the corridor, left and right and back. And he somehow yeah. finds this unmarked door, and he goes into this dressing room that he knows already is where all the booze is, and he cracks open his, his own bottle, <laughs> starts just mucking the drinking. Oh, all yes. All alone before That's good. he has a chance to hold the cup. And That's everybody's good. still celebrating, and this was like so goofy and reminded me of that. That's amazing. I great love point. that. It's a great story. Um. But no, he I goes mean, off on his own. <laughs> Gets the early head start on the beer. <laughs> other than Kudobin, I I gotta give a shout out again that that Kiviranta character you hate, Kyle. He he yep. tied 
game in that in that deciding game five. He can burn. Lindell on defense was blocking shots like an animal. I don't know how he did it. Uh, supporting guys like Gurianov and Hints don't get enough credit. Like everyone credits Ben and, and Pavelski, but these guys just, they show up. Uh, they're, they're the first team, they're, they're the worst analytic team since 1968 to make it to the final. Negative goal differential. I, I know you're a big like analytic guy, Andrew. They had a negative goal. Di- they they have a negative goal differential. I am not a big analytic guy. Okay, but you're the you're the, you're the native scientist of the group, so you can appreciate yes. numbers, stats. I am training for those of you who don't know. I'm training in the scientist pathway. Like we're uh, I'm just in- no, but just to give the audience a, a notice. You were the man who came up with an Excel spreadsheet to beat us in fantasy hockey. And look where that got me. The formula. It got me to the bottom of the barrel. (laughs) (laughs) I tried to do some sort of historical to future prediction analysis on how players would do the next year (laughs) and informed my drafting that way and had no bargaining chips and not even people who knew, who didn't know the slightest thing about players wanted to give their people up in trades, and I was shackled to the bottom. That is not the right way to go about sports. Sports is entirely subjective, and Kyle Dubas needs to shake his head and get gritty guys and get advice from people about something that's not about Corsi, or else the Leafs are done. I'm sorry, we we came back to the Leafs a little bit. Oh, it's okay. I am am anti-analytics for hockey now. Okay. Well, needless to say, I mean they were they were outscored in the series nine to eight. Vegas scored more, but they lost the series four one. Yeah, you like, know what? It was bizarre. It's you crazy. Know, I mean, I got a biased opinion here. I don't think hockey belongs in Vegas. I'm sorry. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Vegas never deserved an NHL. That's a hot take out of left field. Wow! Wow! No, it's wow. not out of left field. Where, where did this come from? You guys know this about me more than you think about me being an analytics guy, which is wrong. Vegas Golden Knights do not deserve an NHL team. And I think the the Quebec Nordiques should have been the Vegas oh. Golden Knights ever since. I'm sorry. You've, ca- you've captured my my heart. There was less yeah. than 100 kids who grew up playing, probably five kids who grew up playing hockey in Vegas somehow. Yes. A rich guy who made money on the slot machine ended up putting in an ice rink in his backyard, which melted <laughs> in three seconds, you know? Yeah. It's not a hockey town. Come on. No, you're right. Come on. You're right. Well, well, you brought back to Vegas, and, and <clears throat> I, as the Vegas defender because of my boy DeBoer, even I, even I will admit a, a flaw in something they did poorly. After the game, Pete DeBoer said it was, quote, a shitty way for the game to end that they gave up a delay of game call by flipping the puck over the glass and Dallas scoring on the ensuing penalty. My response to that is, no, Pete, you just blew the game because your team had a 2-0 lead, you lost the lead, and then you gave up a power play goal in overtime. You lost the game, not the guy who iced the puck out of the stands. Do you agree with that, Kyle? Absolutely agree with that. So is He's he making excuses. being a sore loser? Yes, he's. You know what? It's and it's hard to face off against a team like Dallas because you know Vegas is a more talented team. We all know it. We all know like everyone had Vegas moving on, but Dallas will fuck you that way. They fuck Colorado. They fuck Vegas, 
and God be damned, they're going to fuck Tampa, who has nine times the skill level. Dallas will find a way to chip one in off the fucking stanchion corner glass, off the goalie's back of the head into the net. Every fucking goal they score. It's frustrating, but it's hockey. You know, like you have to allow for a little bit of luck and a little bit of grease. That's Dallas Stars hockey. And you know what you can't learn? You can't learn at hockey school and all these, all these private hockey lessons is grease. You cannot teach grease. Dallas has it. This Kiwi Ranta, he probably grew up in Siberia. He has grease. Gurianov has grease. I mean, these, uh, they, they have, they have grease. Gritty has grease. Now, see, like, like will type goals. It's, I don't know. Like, now, I don't know. Okay. Here's my other question for you. Now that you've had more of a sample size, <clears throat> has Miro Heiskinen elevated his status in your eyes? Uh, Miro Heiskinen, everybody wants Miro Heiskinen. Like, like here's the difference between Kale McCarr and Miro Heiskinen. Kale McCarr, you want him on the ice on your power play. You want him when you want to score goals. Miro Heiskanen, you want for the like ev- all the rest of the time. Like you absolutely trust him with your heart and soul. You know this guy's not going to make a mistake. Put him out there. He's a Swiss Army knife. He's a very high quality Swiss Army knife. Does everything. Does it very well. Um, polished stainless steel. Red scales, all that. Like it's it's great. I, I really like this guy. I'd rather have a kale Macar because like I said, you can polish a kale to be more defensively sound, but uh, on Dallas there's no better player in terms of uh there's no more valuable player on Dallas than Miro Heiskinen. Now I wouldn't give him the con smite, I'd give that to Braden Point to this point. But this guy's crazy. This guy is just very, very, very reliable. He's the picture he's, I, of reliability. I think he, he's a better two-way defenseman than Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr. But not better offensively than either. No, but but he's more complete, holistic okay. than both yes. players. I'd agree. I'd agree. Right now, yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, you already kind of mentioned you spoiled a little bit what you think is going to happen next series. So let's just cap finish right. off with that. So the finale, the grand finale of this COVID Cup, the grand Dallas Bula. Star, Dallas Stars, Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, I will preface this by saying it's kind of funny how, <clears throat> and this is a big callback. In our first year of university, Kyle's two favorite teams to watch on Game Center were the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Dallas Stars. Tampa Bay Tampa that. Bay Lightning because of Jonathan Drouin <laughs> and 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 the and the Dallas Stars because you had a big soft spot for Jamie Benn and their high powered yes. offense and they yeah. were all offense and they all they did was score and Ben was yeah. in close to jersey territory for you. He was and, oh, and, and 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 huge. and you were the biggest Stars fan. And then, and then they, and then they missed the playoffs, and then they became this defensive team, and then you stopped following them. But back in that first year we met, this would have been the Stanley Cup final you wanted, and I think it's very fitting how you finally get it four, six years later. You know what? It's not fitting at all because everything 
has changed, hasn't it? What do you mean? Yes. It's the same teams. It's not. It's not. The the things I liked about Tampa, which was one player, has, has changed. And the things I liked about Dallas, which is offense, has changed. Well, does that like, does that not speak to the way the league has gone and how you should win? I guess. But the like, game is not just entertainment and ratings on TV. It is about grinding the opponent. It's no well. I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't know if Tampa Bay lives lives a life of I, I've grinded my way to get they here. Do. I, I, they do. They do. I told you the quote. What they do this year is our goal is to give up less goals than the opposition. Yeah, I know. The goal but, every game. But I, I think what Tampa's done is they've, they've gone against these grinding teams and they've said, okay, we'll, we'll play your game, but like, we've got, we've got that little bit of extra talent to beat you at your game. Well, like, yeah, but at, color, at the end color, of the day, Colorado had that, and you see what happened to them. Well, they had injuries, and they had the worst goalie in the NHL. Tampa's got injuries too, but they had the worst goalie in the NHL, Nick. Like, like Michael Hutchinson makes one big save, and they win. You know, like it's it's ridiculous. All I'm saying is, it's going to be interesting what version of Dallas you get because they can grind you and play low scoring games, as we just saw but they can also go toe-to-toe with the high-scoring teams of, of McKinnon. So what kind of Dallas do you get? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it, they seem to be very, very versatile. And we haven't seen much out of their top, top players, and maybe they show up. I mean, Sagan's won a cup. Who knows? What, what What's he got to show so far? Not much. So I, I don't know. Like. I, I have a lot of faith in Dallas's ability to to adjust on the fly, and, and you know what? It's 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 so down the middle because Tampa Bay has adjusted on the fly. I can't I can't discredit them. They've done a, a great job at playing the defensive game, playing the offensive game, not giving up too much, but striking when they need to. I don't know what to say about this series. It's going to be very 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 close. I see it going seven, but. I see Dallas uh, getting a cheap, cheap win, a cheap victory off of some stupid garbage goal. But hey, Kudobin, man, like, like that, like put it that way. The, the goalie, the goalie battle is very equal for me. Uh, the defensive battle is very equal for me, and the offense I got to give to Tampa Bay. So all that being said, I, I have Dallas. <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense. Nothing does. That's the thing. Like, Dallas will just find a way to take a series that they should lose and win. Is that coaching? Is that, is that style of play? Is that character? I'm not sure. I don't know. I haven't seen this before. Is that Radulov? <laughs> yeah. It might be. It might be Radulov doing dirty shit behind the scenes. We don't know. Well, I got one name for you before we get into Andrew's prediction. And that is our good pal, Kyle, John Stevens. Okay. He is an assistant coach of the Dallas Stars. He coaches okay. the defense. And he, of yes. course, came from L.A. And oh. a, lot pund- a lot of pundits are saying this 2020 Dallas Stars team is the version of the 2012 L.A. Kings, Nick's beloved L.A. Kings. They play the same way, the same grinding style. They have the same top-end oh forwards. God. 
This is the LA Kings of 2012. And if I know one thing about that team, it's that they're resilient. They will win the ugly games. Oh, and they will Nick. find a way to grind out those wins. And that's why I'm picking <laughs> Dallas to win this in seven games. Why, why do you like the things that you do, man? <laughs> like, I don't get you, man. I do not get you. It doesn't like, matter why. why. Do like it doesn't matter why. It, it doesn't matter why. It just means that it, it's just all that matters is I like those things. It's like you could have a Porsche or a fucking Civic and you choose the Civic. It's <laughs> weird. The Civics. <laughs> I'm just saying in the playoffs, those kind of teams win games and this team will win the game. And then, if you believe in hockey gods, like I know you do, because they just helped you last round, you yes. will believe that the man that wrote a 135 LSAT to become a lawyer will fail. Yes! He's done. He is he done. He must fail. He, he must, must fail. fail. I, I don't know. Like I said, I do not, like, if I see an image of him hoisting a cup, I don't know what oh, I'm going to do in my life. I might end I might, my life. I, might I don't know quit. what I'm going to do. <laughs> whoa. whoa! 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 It's dark. <laughs> On that note, Nicholas. Jesus Christ! I think your lawyer's gonna win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> whoa! You don't care for Nick. I do, but I think he's wrong. It's dark, man. Phony it's lawyers dark. will not get rewarded. Nick, I think you're wrong. There's something in law called legal ethics, and this man yeah. is not ethical. I think you're signing. I think you're uh, you're signing your death wish there, buddy. <laughs> man, I just don't think this guy deserves any good things in life. And this would be the cherry on the pie on the cake. Cherry on the pie. The cherry on the pie. I think you know what. I think everybody needs to get a Tampa needs to win, and then we need to get over ourselves and the fact that they deserve a cup. I think they deserve a cup. I don't know about the guys you don't like, but I think, like, you know, I think they deserve a cup. I think Braden Point deserves a cup. Yeah, the, the team deserves a cup. I just, the, the main linchpin, the guy calling the shots, does not deserve any kind of satisfaction in life. <laughs> That's funny. I That's think, it. I don't know. It's that simple. Yeah. I, you know what? I think I think they do deserve a cup. I think they. I think you know what I think is more at stake here is I don't want to see the boring defensive teams become the formula <laughs> blueprint for the next fifteen, ten, five years of life. Uh, we, we can't have the Dallas Stars boring garbage goal team become the Garbo. You know the 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 example for everybody to base their teams off of. You know, then the Leafs will never have a shot. If that's the case, no, 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 no. I can't let I can't let the twenty twenty Dallas Stars be the winners. Well, if Tampa wins, I will have lost a hundred dollars. <laughs> no big and deal. If, if Dallas wins, I'll win two hundred and fifty dollars. Oh, that, see, I, I did. I, I did. I did put oh, money on them, <laughs> but but again, that's a lower incentive, man. I just yeah. want to see this. I just want to see this phony lawyer crushed, and and that's all I want. And I'll get that happy. Nick, I gotta ask. Dallas wins. What are you doing with the money? You gotta do something. 
I mean, it's not much. It's not the a thousand I would have got with the Islanders. No, but it's it's that, Jersey money. Yeah, I guess it is Jersey money. Uh, I could very well get my Quebec Nordiques Kale McCarr jersey. Um, that would be pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I got okay. You gotta think about it. Nordiques jersey. Are you gonna vouch for them to, uh, you know, move move the Phoenix Coyotes? Well, no. Here's what they're doing, Andrew. The the Nordiques. The Avalanche used to be the Nordiques, and the Avalanche are having their 25th anniversary next year. So they're going to do what Carolina did with the Whaler jersey this year. They're going to, for this year only, they're going to bring back the retro jerseys, and they're going to wear those light blue Nordique jerseys. Uh, and, and they're going to, and they're going to have Makar on the back. And I'm going to be first in line to buy that. I don't, I don't think that the Avalanche deserve to put the Quebec Nordiques on their jerseys. Hey, say what you want about the ethical <laughs> what part the of it. Fuck? But, but it's a it's a beautiful jersey. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's a beautiful jersey. It is a beautiful jersey. And I like the Avalanche for who they are, but they have and, a, a Andrew, classic Andrew, Quebec. you wear that you wear that jersey to any pond in Ontario, northern Ontario? Respect. Instantaneous respect. So the Avalanche? No, the the Nordique. Oh, I'm not disagreeing with you. I just think that, you know, some other rando town in the USA doesn't deserve to wear the Quebec Nordiques jersey because some old rich man bought it and moved the franchise down south. I think the Quebec Nordiques deserve to be a team on their own again. No, I I, I agree. It's a phony marketing scheme to make some money. That's all it is. It's it's actually kind of like rubbing it in that, yeah, we bought your culture away, you know? Yeah. I don't like that. Mm, yeah. You know, I think um, okay. they need to be another team. One last thing I'll mention just on the topic of the final. Kyle, I think this is funny. Last year when Pavelski was a free agent, he narrowed his list down to two teams he'd signed with, and he visited these two teams, Tampa and Dallas. Wow. So this man literally picked out the Stanley Cup finalists this year. His number one priority was winning a cup, and he picked the two best teams, <clears> and sure enough, he was right. So what you're saying to me, Nick, is that this fucking lazy prick chose two warm, tax-free markets that he thought he could settle down in and got lucky, and they're both in the finals. That's what I'm getting. You could you could break it down like that, sure. That's what I'm getting. Not okay. that Pavelski is some sort of hero. That that's what I'm getting. He may be right because he just came from San Jose, which is also warm. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. He's full of shit. He likes the South. He's a fucking communist. <laughs> Sorry, no, no, that's not the right word. It's not the right word. Um, second point, uh, Kyle, you have officially lost the beer bet between me and Joe. Yeah, we ne- we never decided if that was. You have the worst one, bracket score. You got the or, worst bracket or, score or overall. We never I came, decided. I came third. Joe came second. You want to know who came first? No. Andrew, no, guess guess who came first in our bracket challenge? The bracket is not decided yet. Richard, Richard. I could still win. Can you? Yes. Oh, if yeah. Tampa wins, will that give you enough points that, to that leapfrog? Makes me the, that makes me the winner. Yeah. Okay. Go check, it out. Go check uh, uh, it out. I have the most potential points left because Tampa, I picked the winner. I'm the only one who said Tampa would win. All right. Well, then you're going to lose because Tampa's not winning no, this year. And John, and John Cooper's getting crushed to muck. 
John Cooper's right. going to win his Stanley Cup and hoist it in front of you on your well, Regardless, R- Richard Richard's winning right now, which is kind of a shocker. So is that, is that who pure pure guts is? No, he's no. COVID. No, COVID Cup is Richard. A- Andrew, I, I've been winning the entire thing, and now I'm now I'm losing. Are you pure guts? Yes. Well, on I mean I mean on the bracket. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. You're pure guts. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, it's it's unfair. It's unfair. The bell ringer. Yeah, you're right, Andrew. If if they win, you got it. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. <clears throat> so far, uh, Brenna's beating me though. She deserves it. <laughs> I'm cheering for Richard, man. I'm sorry. Who's Richard? Yeah. That would be a nice story. Um. Okay, and then final point. This is the biggest question left to be decided. As you know, Kyle, Pierre Maguire got demoted with NBC at the start of the season, and they shipped yeah. him out to do the late-night games instead of the primetime games. <laughs> yes. In, in these playoffs, Brian Boucher has been doing the marquee games, and Pierre has been relegated to the lower games. It's a slop. So the remaining question is, who calls the Stanley Cup final, Pierre Maguire or Brian Boucher? Pierre Maguire for experience sake. I say I say Brian Boucher because they can't he's a liability on the air. He is a liability. And that's why he interviewed for the Arizona job because he knew they took away his job and he was sour. But he's no longer a liability on the air because he's not going to be announcing with a woman or a person of color. So he's clean. He's a liability, <laughs> even with like a young guy or an older white guy. Or he's always a liability, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Always. You're right. You're right. He, you never know what <laughs> he might say wrong. You never know. You remember you that know? video where he's standing like three inches away from some other guy's face? <laughs> there's about fifteen feet of yeah. wide. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- thanks for reminding me of that. I'm gonna watch that right after this. <laughs> Andrew, I've. I've, I've, been, when, when the first time I saw that studio in real life at TSN, it's the first thing I thought of is Pierre stood here yeah. and he was fucking weird. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, you told Andrew when you met him, right? I told you about that, right? I, wait, I think so. No, wait. I, I did. No? It's possible I didn't. It's very possible. Like, Andrew, have you heard a story of Kyle meeting Pierre? You have to tell it again, and I'll, I'll have to see if I remember, but I, I don't know. Yeah, so, as you know, uh, 2019, March, I was working with TSN as an intern. Yes. And they said, hey, yeah, let's, uh, we'll let you guys go down to the, to the Trade Center studio, like the main studio. So I was like, okay, shit. So right outside of the studio doors, there's a large lunch table, tons of food, anything you could ask for, salads, uh, meats, grains, everything. And there's one fucking guy picking out at this table as I'm walking over to the studio. It's Pierre, unmistakable, except for one key distinction. Okay. The guy's fat as fuck. <laughs> Like, Angie, I'm not even kidding. I'm like, that's Pierre's face. That's Pierre's head. But this guy's got a fucking penguin body. 
We already knew that. We already knew that. I know, but like, he's fat, man. He's fat in real life. Well, that's like, that's where the peanut McGuire comes from. <laughs> yeah, foods. the the pear shaped body. The, he's a pear, man. Like you should have seen the gut on him. Like it was pretty gross. And I went up, I went right up to him. I said, I, I in my head I was thinking, there's no way I can go back to Nick and say that I, I didn't talk to him. So I shook his hand and I said, "What do you think of Trade Center today?" And I for, I absolutely forget what he said. I, I no, I, I asked him about maybe a certain trade and I absolutely forget what he said. And uh, he just gave me this really like very strict like response, like, "Well, oh, this guy's." you know, totally in over his head over this, like, this is how it's going to go. And absolutely did not go that way. It so didn't go that way. And then, uh, and then he got preferred smooth or crunchy peanut butter. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then he got called off somewhere else. And then I got into trouble later with my boss because they're like, Oh, did you talk to Pierre today? And I'm like, yeah. And they're, (laughs) and they're like, well, you shouldn't talk to the talent. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> fuck you. But uh, I, I ended up just kind of lurking in the background of Trade Center and like taking little photos of Pierre getting his face like makeup and and his <laughs> his head shined and his he was like digging into Swiss Chalet like or Harvey's or whatever it was. It was a it was an awesome awesome time. What, what about the part, Kyle, when he when he just blatantly asked you, so what do you do around here? Yeah, yeah, exactly that. And thank you for bringing that up. Like, I asked him the trade question, and then he looks at me right deep in the eyes, and he goes, so what do you do around here? And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm just an intern. Man. And he was like, he's like, easy. No, to, to his credit, he's like, oh, good for you, man. That, that, that's, that's really nice. Like, he gave me the recognition, and then, like, he, he, he obviously knew a lot of the guys at TSN really close, tight knit group. Like, Every guy who's walking in the hallway, he was like, "Oh, hey, Frankie. Hey, what, how's the wife?" Like, you know, he was he was so, really close with everybody. So my question is, if you got flack for talking to to Peanut McGuire, yeah, how do how does your boss know? Did he go and complain? <laughs> no, I'll tell you why. My in, my intern, my intern partner told on me. He's no. like, "Oh yeah, Kyle totally talked to Pierre McGuire. You know that?" And uh, and I got into trouble. They're like, yeah, 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 don't do that. That's not, that's not right. It's like, okay, well, fucking have a fucking life. Why don't you? Like, he's, it's just ridiculous. Stupid, stupid rule. See, it, but, it's, it, it's stories like that that make me say, like, when I meet this man, because I know I will meet him, I don't know how old I'll be or where it'll be. I just know when I meet this man, it will not live up to my expectations. That's what the story tells me, and that's why I'm sad. Nick, you're yes, gonna, exactly. You know, Nick, you're gonna be like in in an average discount grocery store, and you're gonna be tired, and it's gonna be like a rainy night, and it'll be dark, and it'll yeah. just you know like just not a great day, and you'll be reaching for your your uh, your peanut butter jar. And you and you'll be looking to the left. <laughs> How about some planters peanuts instead? <laughs> oh, that's scary, man! I, I would not be underwhelmed. What do you do around here? <laughs> <laughs> no, 
That would be fantastic, (laughs) but we'll see. Yeah. Nick, honestly, like, that's the thing. Like, where are you going to meet this guy? You're not going to meet him on the pond? No, like, it's going to be at an event, like an NHL event. Like, like a I'm hockey sh- hall of fame. I'm going to show up very early to an event that he's at, and I'll have met him, or I'll, or I'll stay late and I'll see him, or stuff like that. Like like the World Junior Camp, something like that. I, oh, I, but- I if I stay along this path, I know I will meet this man. I just don't know what it's going to be like, and I might crumble under the pressure. My knees might buckle. Oh and my I don't god! Know, and I don't know what I'll do. He'll do oh it. my god! You know, um, I was listening to our our friend Steve Dangle podcast earlier this week, and yes, and the Steve Dangle himself called Pierre Maguire the Muppet with glasses. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy gets no respect, even from the pros. He called. He described him as not only a Muppet but the one with glasses. Oh my god, that's amazing. It's you know just what? right on point. You know it's what right on point. Is? Of course. Of course. Where's your audio, Nick? Bring it closer. Yeah, of course. I'm gonna find go. it. <laughs> Dang those like that's funny. It's funny you should mention that because the Dangle podcast. They think of Pierre probably exactly like we think of him, but they just don't say it as harsh. <laughs> yeah. But they know, but they know this guy's a a a clown in sheep's clothing. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I, I I predict you turn on the television tomorrow, and he's not calling the game. I think it's going to be a sad day, but we'll see. But Nick, he's done for the year, for this season? No, so they have him do the interviews in between periods. That's stupid, though. But he's he not calling he the game. That. He's not then, he won't, then he's going home. He's not going to show up. No, he he's staying there. He's staying there. He likes the hot tub in Edmonton. He likes to bathe in the hot tub oh every night. Oh, my good you, God. You know, let's clarify which one we were talking about, okay? Can I share my screen for a second? Of course. Yes. Okay. You can do that? Yeah, are you ready for this? Can you see my screen? Oh my god, yes. Ready? Oh. Oh. Oh, what happened? One sec. I'm going to try again. Oh, you got my notes. No! I don't like that. I like that. Dallas equals equals boring equals wins. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Oh, I know it's people, and that's going to be on YouTube. You can pause. Oh, YouTube! Yeah, wait hey, to hit, see that. Hey, hit, hit the pause button, ladies and gentlemen, to get some oh, real insight. No. Rink Moose insight. <laughs> well, my my internet just crashed when I tried to do that. <laughs> I think okay, Pierre, yeah. Pierre's on the other line, and he's messing with you. Yeah, he's hacking us. He's getting. I think so. Up. He's too clever. He's too clever for us. You know what? I, I, I think my internet I, with peanut butter. <laughs> I, I think Pierre is like the priest of the hockey gods. Like oh, no. he has some sway in this world, man. I'm telling you, the hockey gods have have a certain set of rules, and Pierre is like the the priest, or what do you call it? Uh, what do you call that? that? He's the guy behind the gritty mask. I don't think so, man. Oh, the Pope? No, priest is the. No, sorry. Pierre is the Pope of hockey. 
the hockey gods make the rules and the Pope, he, 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 he lays them out. Like, he, he knows. He has some pull, man. He, he communicates. He's, he's the middleman. Isn't the, I don't know, I, never mind, I'll bite my tongue. Let's not get it, yeah. No, no, if you want to talk religion, I'm ready. It's a profession which gets in trouble for a certain type of activity. Well, it's a pope? Well, that makes more sense, doesn't it? For, for Pierre. I'm not gonna Pierre, yeah, okay, yeah, let's not get this all, like, like, Andrew, last episode, I had to go back and, like, delete something I said. (laughs) <laughs> which I shouldn't be saying right now, but I had to go back and delete something I said because it was very inappropriate for 2020. It would have made the paper the next day. It was bad. <laughs> but it's all good, man. It's all it's good. All good. I trust you as the editor. Yeah. I'll tell you after we're done recording. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, it's nearing midnight. Uh, I think now's as good a time as any to stop. Um, we hope you guys... Enjoy the final. Uh, it should be, I, again, I maintain, I think it's going to be a great final. People may disagree, but I think it'll be great. Kyle, you should know I'll be watching with, uh, with Joe and Michael here. So I'll get That's their fantastic. thoughts for you. Yep. Fantastic. So I will get all their opinions for you on their next show. And, uh, Andrew, buddy, we gotta thank you for hopping on. This was two oh. years, two years in the making. Yeah. And it, it, you went above and beyond what we expected. Like, I did not, I did not think you'd come punching this hard, but boy, oh boy, what well, a, what, what an episode. You're well, Muhammad thanks Ali. Nick. Thanks for having me, Nick and Kyle. I, I think that, Nick, you're gonna need some hands to hold when, uh, you see your lawyer friend hoist the cup in a few weeks, so. <laughs> I think uh, I'm not going to show up. I'm not like Kyle's going to solo this thing. I'm done. Yeah, I don't know. I, like, just I, think... I am absolutely done. I'll send you my mock draft. Yes, yeah. I'm ready via PDF, and I'm done. Well, I don't know. You better call Nick after this one. <laughs> I think I don't uh, know what I'm going to do. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm ready, ladies and gentlemen. The next chapter in Nick's life because it's coming. At, regardless how th- how this thing shapes out, that's going to determine the next chapter in my life. Like that well, dark, black and white part at the beginning of Better Call Saul, right? <laughs> exactly. I'll That's gonna you. be me. It's gotta be me because this, because this, because this dumb fuck ho- ho- hoisted the cup. You're gonna be well, serving Planters peanut brand cinnamon rolls at the mall. <laughs> Pierre's gonna be your boss. Yeah, that that will be life. Where is that hat? Terrible. Well, Terrible. Nick, I mean, like, listen. My team got sh- got fucked in Game Seven, and uh, I, I I was on the porch for twenty minutes contemplating life, and and what I should do with it. So, we'll see. If if that's you, then and then hopefully we'll all be here to console you. But hey, what team is that? Colorado. Oh, okay, respectable. I was fucked after that loss. Fucked. Wow. It, was it was sad. I, I was like 20% of that, 30% of that last night when the Islanders lost. And, and that's been the closest emotionally I've gotten in these playoffs. That's a so lot. I, I feel, I feel for you. Get ready. For Nick was there, man. Nick was there when I was freaking out. He just he left. He, he just left for like 15 minutes. Wow. <laughs> he just needed to gather himself. See, I'm I was lucky. on the porch. I'm yeah. lucky with my team being like, Perpetual. So bad. So, if yeah. they ever win, I'll be beside myself and I'll have to walk out for 20. 
Yeah, my my only wish, <laughs> my only wish, <laughs> Andrew. My only wish is that when Toronto does eventually find success, that it will be with a roster that I can respect and and get on board with. You know, well, like I want. I don't know. I don't think anyone has that luxury. How many? I want to be on board. I do. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, with that said, thank you everyone for tuning in again. This was season, uh, two, episode 16 of the podcast. Tune in to the grand finale of the COVID Cup recap show next episode, as well as the mock draft edition. Oh! Which is, which has been much anticipated. Oh! Yeah. So. That's the big story. Tune in for that. Kyle and I were also going to be planning a live react to the draft on draft night, so look forward to that. Just lots of draft coverage coming up. I could tell Kyle's been counting down the days since Colorado was knocked oh. out. Oh my god. So bring on the draft. Bring yeah, on bring the on the draft. the draft. So Dylan Holloway. Uh, yeah. Leafs. So with that said, thank you for tuning in yet again. It was a pleasure to serve you as always. And until next time. Brink Moose is signing off. Goodbye. <laughs> Can we get a bleep? A blimp blimp blimp. Wait. Wait. Oh, guys, I have this. One sec. Before we get that. You're blowing it, man. We got to sign off. We're going to sign, sign off. off. One sec. Sign off. Come No, I don't want to look at Pierre. Oh, okay, fair enough. I did need to see that. I did need to see that. There we go. Oh, come on. (laughs) I think you got too many tabs open and it's delaying yours, but whatever. (laughs) Look at all that crap. You got a lot of shit. He's got like the, he's got like the Tampa Bay lines on daily face off. I fucking love it. (laughs) This is going to be great. All right, ladies and gents. Talk to you next time. See ya.